This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Da, 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 da. It's the Chris Hambling Show with um, Holmesdale Radio. Hello and welcome to a special. Are you going to play all that? Aren't you? All that stuff I did before. I don't know. Was it funny? Should we keep it? Okay, get rid of it. Hello and welcome to a special Homestyle Radio mini podcast. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'm salivating for some reason. <laughs> 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 what is going on? Hi, welcome to Home Radio. I was originally asked to present the show today, but we had to change the change the minds, and Chris came in, and that's gone tits up. So, oh, when Chris is ready, oh God's sake, I'm gonna have to change my angle. Hold on. I think I've finally proved I can't actually do the show from being in bed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special Homestyle Radio mini-podcast. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm hosting this little apology for the technical fault from Sunday. This failure has resulted in the loss of our usual podcast. So sorry about that, just go to show it is worth listening live if you can. So instead, I am joined by Alex White and Tom Vancett. Hello. Howdy, hi. Tom. I didn't realise I was on, no, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, spectacular. Uh, we're going to look wistfully back at that magnificent, legendary lost show and cover all the key talking points from that result. That result being a nil-nil draw at Sunderland. Um, so, gentlemen, I've given you no preparation, but since this is a, an apology and a special, don't worry about it. So, Alex, if I may start with yourself. <clears throat> you may. Uh, obviously, it's, it's really, let's talk about your memories of that show. It was probably one of the best we've ever done, wasn't it? Certainly up there, definitely. The technical mm. failures were, were a big part of it, and we managed to ship off Mark quite early, which was always a good mm, start. Mm, mm. It, it is, but I mean, I mean, I listened to the first half hour before I got quite bored, and I thought uh, some of the opinions were, um, were pretty spectacular. And uh, you, you kind of adopted the approach of an interviewer, didn't you? Do you think? You said this before about me, actually, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Interesting, but maybe, maybe Mike did it on purpose, because I had to listen to... To um to Nick for half an hour, so he might just mm-hmm. cut it out. Don't don't put it out. Nick does go on, doesn't he? Mm, a little bit. Mm. Uh, anyway, what I wanted to do is I wanted to pick out the, the the talking points from the message boards that uh, 
sort of were came as a result of that game. Uh, so we can revisit them without having to revisit everything you did on uh, on Sunday. Nice so, gesture. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd be good. Uh, and the first kind of talking point re- off of Homesdale.net um, was the uh, start of was Glenn Murray starting really? And if I can start with you again, Alex, and we'll, we'll go to Tom in a moment for his opinion. The question is whether or not Murray is is effective, and whether or not we should consider maybe playing someone else instead. Chris, you just literally asked me if my childhood hero is good enough to play for my club. Um, mm. at, yeah, of course he's good enough. But you have to you have to have enough someone close enough to him. That's the problem. Even with Tom Ince on the pitch, he still wasn't close enough to Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray holds the ball up fantastically well, mm. but he's not he's not trying to be something he's not. He's not a number nine. Absolutely not. He's going to hold the ball up. Give and go, but he had no one to give to. If when he holds the ball up, he's got no options, and I think he won most headers actually in that game. I thought he actually had a really decent game, but just he had no service. When you know the guy doesn't get a chance on, on the six yard box, you put put the ball in the six yard box for him to score. But he holds uh, the ball up well and and just gets no rewards. Obviously, we've seen what what Murray with no service does in his his first season at the club, where you know a lot of the link up play was good, but he didn't look particularly dangerous. Uh, do we have any better options if we're going to play the system that we're currently playing? Um, and really, just have a, leave a, one guy up front. Is, is Cameron Jerome's athleticism more of an advantage there? Well, he's so he's always in the channels. That's the problem I have with with Jerome. He's not as disciplined centrally as Murray is. But obviously, Shamak's class above everybody else in the actual squad, in my opinion. But can he play up top on his own? I think he's better off just behind. So I, I do think Glenn's the best option, certainly from. From an enthusiasm perspective as well, when you actually see the fans and the players alike, I think there's a very different approach when, when Murray, there's no huffing and puffing about things. He'll get on with his job, he knows what he's there to do. And Cameron Jerome sometimes a bit lethargic and, and a bit moany. I, I, you know, I'm always going to defend Murray here, whatever happens. So, Well, there we go, Tom. Alex has said that he will always defend Murray. Have you got an alternative viewpoint or are you very much on the same side of that fence? I'm, I'm on a fairly similar side. I mean, I've got a lot of time for... Uh, Glenn, uh, obviously, as Alex rightly pointed out, there he is a very unifying figure. I mean, with the amount of goals he got uh, last season, he was really a driving force behind our success. And uh, to have someone there, you know, who almost got uh, this fairy story to an extent, isn't he? You know, he's come up through the leagues. He's got his crack at the Premier League after coming back from a nasty injury. I think he's got. Um, uh, the ability to have a lot more time given to him with fans, especially for the good work last season. Um, but yeah, we rightly said, we saw in his first season, he got little support and struggled to score goals as a result of it. Uh, I think with Shemak in the team, he would be a very different opposition, but unfortunately, off being injured, it's uh, sort of changed our game plan a bit. And I think we were hoping that he would work with Cameron Jerome, but it's not really done it so far. Mm, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Everyone wants to play someone up alongside Murray, but I mean, what I'm trying to trying to say really, I can kind of see where the thread came from, and it. I don't want to. I don't want to see Murray dropped, and I, I think the more he plays, the the more chance there is he will convert chances if he gets them. Well, just looking at a pure games goals to game ratio, I mean, obviously Murray's got that one goal. It's a penalty, granted, mm. but if you compare it to actual minutes on pitch, he's scored. He's taken that one. Excellent chance and scored it. Cam Jam, how many games has he played now? Mm. Quite a lot, 60, 70 minutes most of the time. Uh, I, I mean, I know he's an experienced Premier League player, but as, as I said before, you know, he's, he's, it, with someone like Murray, I think he's got a lot of the fans on side and who will be patient with him and they're not going to get on his back. With Cameron Jerome, I mean, mm. you see him come on even on the subs bench 
uh, people will start moaning as soon as they see that name. But they're, uh, so, they're so different though, aren't they? Look at that chance I remember Jerome missed against... Um, it was against Norwich, do you remember, on the six-yard box? Yeah. Never yeah. in a million years would Glenn Murray miss that. And oh, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. But but Glenn hasn't had these opportunities to, to be on the six-yard box and put it in the net. Because 10 out of 10, he's going to put that in the back of the net. We need to get the right person in and around Glenn to, to help create these chances. Because he's not someone, he's not going to turn turn the shoulder and, and beat a man. He's not that type of player. If you play someone close enough to him, <laughs> I do believe you can get enough out of him. Yeah, yeah I mean, so on a, go on. No, go on. No, go on. You go, you go Chris. No, I was going to round it off, so have you got another bit to add? No, I was just going to say, I agree with you. I mean, I think we had that in Shemak. The two were sort of really looking quite good in spells when they've been played together. I mean, now he's injured. I mean, obviously, we shouldn't have all been putting our eggs in one basket. But, I mean, who who do we bring in instead? That's the sort of question that Tony Pulis, I guess, has got to answer. Now, uh, Marin Shemak being missing is is part of the problem at the moment. that We've we've struggled in the last few games, and we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, But... On a personal level, what I'd say about Murray, that the only problem I have is two. The, what, the first is what I, what I mentioned. I'm worried that in the system we're playing, he's not the right man. He's, we're not going to get the best out of him. But I still think he's worth putting there because if a chance does come along, he will put it away. But what I worry about is that is now... You know, he's had no pre-season. He's been out a long time. Is now the, the right time to be having a player that you're trying to get it to play... Getting someone to try and play themselves into fitness... Um, and res- I, are we, I'm just saying, are we are we being effective enough by doing that? It's the right thing to to do with with sort of well that I mean Tony Bulis has taken the view that we're more that's the biggest threat that we can offer is with Glenn Murray playing himself into fitness. He's still more of a threat than everyone else that we've got, and I'm not so sure that that's true when you when you look on the bench and you look at the way Dwight Gale. I mean, you know, we'll, I do feel that if Gale had had similar regular chances to play continuously up front I still think that he would his link up play is nowhere near that standard and his movements nowhere near the standard of, a, of Glenn Murray but I still think he'd probably have hit 10 goals but you've got to look at look at it like this I see what you just said there about having to settle Murray in exactly the same as putting Scott Dan and Joe Ledley in the side because I, I, I see it as, you know, what's the difference? And in fact, I'd see that maybe as worse because Glenn knows exactly what's going on. He knows the drill. He's been in and around the squad. We, can't, we, can't, we don't have time to settle players in, unfortunately, because we've got nine games to go and we've got to stay up. Whether you think we shouldn't start Murray, then ultimately I don't believe we should be looking to start, just, especially Joe Ledley. For me, I think he, you can tell that he hasn't played in this side for a long time. Scott Dan, he's a centre-half. He knows the yeah. drill. He's fine. But Joe Ledley, you know, games have passed him by. And maybe because he's been played out of position, but you can tell that he hasn't the difference between him and Jednak in there and then KG and Jednak in there, they know exactly what's going on. Even if yes. they don't top perform, they know the drill and Ledley doesn't really, perhaps. It's a very good point on Ledley. It's not, it's not something that I, I was sort of going to talk about today, but I, I do agree with you there. That, and I think, as I've said probably previously on, on you know, in one of the shows that Ben hosted, I think I was talking about, I feel Pulis as trying to fit Ledley in wherever he can. And I think it's purely based on experience and you know the fact that we're we're I think maybe the fear factor sort of is is playing on Tony Pulis's mind, um, and that having someone with that level of experience and you know it just just shores that that team spirit up and that work ethic up a little bit. Um, I do want to move us on from from that though because you, you mentioned Scott Dan, uh, he's getting getting a fair bit of praise as to how he's settled in, and there's one or two dissenting voices suggesting he's a bit slow and. You know, fairly ponderous, but I think he's settled in pretty well next to Delaney. You you, you agree with that, Tom? 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, um, considering when we were sort of rumoured to be signing him, there was a lot of talk throughout the whole of the January transfer window. There was some quite disparaging comments when they heard sort of like, you know, Palace made an offer and it wasn't accepted and they heard he was this player on big money Premier League wages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a sort of perceived attitude uh, of him in advance. But he's come in and he's just got on with his job. Um, you know, he's not sort of, you know, Champions League class, but I mean, we're, we're scraping for our lives down the bottom of the Premier League. But he's, a, he's definitely a solid addition to what we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very pleased with him so far. Alex? Well, you're not. You're going to get. He's a six foot sco- six foot four northern centre half. You know, it is what it is. It's like it's two Delaney's, isn't it? He's going to kick lamps out of people. He's going to get the ball and smash it twenty five yards down the pitch. What a, it's it, it is what it is. And I think he settled in reasonably well. I think it changes the dynamics of the team massively, though, because I think we're we're certainly a lot more long ball when we have him and Delaney in there, as opposed to when you had somebody like Gabadon, who was very calm on the ball, too calm at times, but would always look to play out. <laughs> look to play out the ball on the floor into midfield, then make your movement through there. So I think maybe at times it gives us plan A and plan A only, but I trust, mm. you know, I trust. He's, he does what, he does a job, doesn't he? I can't, yeah. I can't sit here and say he's played badly because he hasn't. He hasn't, he hasn't made a massive slip up and he's got great protection in front of him in KG and Jednak. I think he's done very well. Mm. Isn't it interesting you talk about uh, Gabadon being comfortable on the ball there? Because you, you're right, that's one thing he could do and, you know, he did it. There's a lot of people who, who very early on said, "What, what the hell did Gabadon do wrong to um, to come out of that side?" And I think the fact is, it's 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 the time in his career, it's his previous injury record, and and essentially that he did make a couple of mistakes towards um, towards the end of his run in the team there, including including quite a spectacular own goal. That, um, I think that's I think that's it on the money, Chris. I mean, as you say, he hasn't done too much wrong, um, but from my point of view, uh, rather unfairly, probably, when you think back at it, it's those mistakes that sort of stick in your memory, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. the, 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 the good work sort of gets forgotten very easily, but when you make a mistake, it sort of sticks in the mind. Um, so maybe that maybe that's probably why then. Well, especially as a new manager, you've got no emotional attachment to it or anything no. like that. Tony Pulis knows exactly what he wanted to do in that window as soon as he came into Palace. Right, I want a massive centre-half and we're going to do what we're going to do. It doesn't matter how well, for me, if Gabadon was even our best player up to then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it'd matter. Tony Pulis would still sign Scott down and put him straight in there with the other mm. six foot three centre-half. It's, it's as simple as that for me. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. We'll talk about the the Pulis method in, in a little while. There's a BBS thread on that, and I want to go into that. But um, yeah, I do want to point out when you, earlier on when you said he's another Delaney, and you described them both as six foot four and Northern Ireland isn't the North, Alex. Just to help you out there, um, <laughs> well, it's north of us. <laughs> all right, but I'd, we'll we'll have a it's look. It's north of the that. river. It's north of the river, Chris. We'll have a look at an atlas later on, mate, and we'll sort you out. Stop, um, Watford. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, last little bit from from Homesdale that was uh, one of the sort of key topics of discussion was uh, our lack of goals. Uh, obviously, we talked about Murray and, and how Tony Pulis has clearly seen that it's a problem, and that's why he's picking Glenn Murray. But you know, mentioned Dwight Gale earlier on, um, and I think you've got to look at the the, the wide players. You've got to look at Punch and Balassi and Ince and, and see how they're contributing as well. Um, with the squad that we've got, Alex, what can we do? How how can we just, be more of a threat? I just think it's intent, isn't it? If you look at the Sunderland game, we literally went out with not not too much care in the world what we did going forward. Um, 
we we got our defensive line right, and to an extent, that's Tony Pulis, and we buy into that, and we understand that that's the ethos. But ultimately, when we go one nil down, or when we're playing teams in and around us, we're going to have to grow a pair and really go for it because we've got the players to go for it, and I don't believe they're being allowed to express themselves as much as they can because we don't spend any time on the ball. All their work is going down to off the ball work, chasing shadows, picking up men, doing all of this. They've got to. We've got to control the ball for somebody like Tom Ince to come into his own, and he needs to be involved in the game for 90 minutes—a touch here, a touch there, crossing in here. We just don't. We don't have any any signal of intent to actually score a goal. Our first our first protocol is not to concede, which I understand. But when you're going to Sunderland and we've got nine games to go and we've got to stay up, we have to have some sort of intent to go out and score a goal. Mm. We didn't look like we were going to score a goal until KG missed the sitter in the last five minutes. And we've got a when playing a team below us, granted that they've got better, but their home form's not great. No. We no, really absolutely. did have a fantastic opportunity there. And with the players that we had, we still started with Balassi and Ince. That's um that's uh yeah, that's enough. Honestly, just getting behind them, there's no it's so strange to see, especially from last season how attacking we were. To actually see it now, it, it's it's strange for us because it's too it's too too extremes. But so who would you who do you put in instead then on on Saturday the Alex? I I would have played Dwight Gale. If I'm going with if I'm going with Glenn Murray up top, I would have had Dwight Gale behind, just off of Murray, just off the shoulder, picking up Murray's knocks down, knock down, because he's going to sit higher. He's going to sit higher with Murray, and suddenly they're going to have to think. Actually, we're going to have to drop back two yards because. Because Dwight Gale's there, you've got two mm. people up front, one of them's really pacey and one of them's won every single header. We've got something to think about, we now have to think about those two. Oh yeah, they've got Ince and Balassi on the wings as well. So, you just have to give people things to think about and we just offered nothing. So Tom, I mean it's hard to argue with, with, with what Alex is saying. Is it really this intent, is, does that make enough of a difference? There's often a time where you see, you see in a game when you're chasing the match... And all of a sudden, everyone turns to, them to it, turns to each other, and says, "Why didn't we have this attitude from kickoff?" And like you know, and, and is it purely that we're set up under Pulis to think defensively that we're not? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Not actually becoming anything like an attacking force in recent games. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I think it's it's Pulis's MO, and that, that's not to disparage him. I mean, I think in his position, he knows what he's best at playing at and getting out of players. He's looking, we've got, what, nine games to go now? Mm. Um, I think he's pretty much thinking, OK, try and get a you know, point a game. Keep If we don't concede, we're not going to not lose games are we so you know keep clean sheets away from home maybe try and nick it in the last 10 minutes win our home games I mean 9 games to go if we can get 9 nine, draw, nine draws maybe win the home game against Villa that's what uh, 11 points 40, 40 points 
that should be safe. I mean, he's not, he's, not, he's, he's not going out his way to try and do anything remarkable. He's just keeping the ship steady. Mm. Going for it and losing 4 or 5 nil this late in the season would be much more catastrophic, catastrophic to our morale than it would be to get like 3 or 4 nil nils. Yeah, I mean, you... just, just to play devil's advocate a bit, so we take the Southampton game last week. Yeah. If we hadn't had that bizarre goal and that finished mm. nil-nil, that would have been three games, three draws, unbeaten in three with two arguably tricky away places. You know, Sunderland, experienced Premier League, leaves side, whether it's going for them or not at the moment, and Swansea, which has until recently been a very difficult place to go to. Would that, would, I mean, that one extra point have made, made it look a lot yeah, rosier? I, I think I think a draw against Southampton wouldn't have been something people would have complained about like they complained about the 1-0 defeat. But I think people are starting to have a problem with, with what they're seeing in terms of the overall match. And... That is as much to do with the fact that we're at this point in the season as it is to do with reality. I mean, we talked about we've lost our linchpin up the top that links everything together in Chamac, and we're, we are struggling up the top. There's no doubt about that. But like you say, we're we're not. We're, Tony Pulis was happy, wasn't he, after the Sunderland game? He was happy. He was happy with that point. Yeah, yeah. But he's a little bit, a little bit gutted that. That KG didn't put a good chance away, but I think I think he was happy to come away with a point in the end. He's never going to say otherwise, though, is he? In, with nine games to go, he's never going to go. Well, we we pointed this one out as one we really needed to win. Well, you know, we've got we've we really got to pick it up. I don't I can't see him as a manager to say no, that type. Maybe of thing. not. We no, maybe not. We needed to win, but maybe uh, maybe we, you know he could he has in the past expressed disappointment in when we've we've not been in games and I think that that's interesting. That's I sort of bring myself onto the other point I was trying to make earlier on, which I managed to forget, um, and that's that. Although it's not ne- doesn't necessarily follow suit if you attack a team and you show intent that you're going to get beaten four or five. What it can mean is that you're out of a game quicker, and that doesn't mean you're, you're going to suddenly lose five. No, you can still lose one or two nil. Sorry, one or two nil. You, you know, two quick goals in the first half, for example, can kill a game. It really can because it, and even one goal, if you like, you think about Southampton. It can just enable the opposition to play a certain way, and just to, all they need to worry about is stopping your, your, you know, your attacking threat, and and the game's won, and it it changes the complex of games. So if, if you take too many risks too early on, you you do run the risk that a game will run away from you, and the com- complexion of that game uh, will make it almost impossible for you to get anything from it. So I think those are the sort of things that we need need to think about. Uh, move, moving us on, uh, I mean, obviously that was that chat was mainly about goals, and I think. I don't as as much as you can defend the the way we're behaving and you know we are picking up points and we are staying in matches we aren't scoring enough goals there's no doubt about that in my view and I think we've got to try something a little different if Tremac's going to be out for the for the next few games it's a horrible time to lose you know who in my view has been our our best player this season um going on to a few of the Subjects on the BBS. Um, KG's cropped up again as a, as a regular topic. I don't want to go into a huge amount of detail here. I just want to get quickly um, your view each, really. So, is, is KG deserving of a place in the side, Alex? Yes. I, I do believe so. I, that man is so easy. It's, it's so hot or cold, isn't it, with him? You're going to love him or hate him. But I do just believe you don't realise what you've got until he's not in the side. And then... Um, you do, yeah. I think, I think definitely he has this aura about him that that makes a difference. But you just need somebody else in midfield who's going to going to keep the ball. If you have him and Jednak, you've got nobody else in and around. 
sorry. I was distracted by Mikey being immature in the chat. But yeah, no, I do, I do agree. He, he's a player you do miss when, when he's not in the side. Uh, Tom, your view on KG? Yeah, you do notice sometimes when he's not in the side. But at the same time, he he can be a bit inconsistent. I would happily give... you know, I'm on the Stuart O'Keefe wagon. I'd happily give him a go in a few games. Um, it's difficult at the end of the season, isn't it? Again, because it's someone who's not really proved in Premier League level, like a lot of our squad. Um and, you know, tinkering with things too much now can have disastrous effects. But, I, I mean, that opportunity, I, I, I won't repeat what I said when I, I saw him blaze it, but um, I, he should be taking those chances. I mean, he's shown, I mean, against Charlton last year, the way he turned his body to score that volley. Mm. Um, he's capable of it, but it's just not consistent enough. And unfortunately, that's what we need. It's uh, this no place for sentiment type thing. Yeah, I mean, you go back to um, the whole weight issue with him, which I always thought was interesting because... Um, when he scored that goal against Charlton, he was probably at his leanest in a, in a Palace shirt. Um, and the level of performance that he was producing when he was... I mean, Lenny Lawrence said it, you know, take five kilograms off, five kgs off his weight and, um, you know, you've got a totally different player. Um, I wouldn't say, I, I, you know, I don't think he's, he's... I wouldn't call him fat or anything like that. Certainly not from where I'm sitting. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, but he he does he does give the appearance that he, he lacks occasionally lacks a bit of mobility. But it's odd because he's box to box. You know, he, do, he doesn't lack fitness. It's mobility. It's just that little bit extra, that little bit of sharpness, that little bit of you know agility at times. And he, he's not he's not the threat he was because he he used to be a bit of a threat. He used to get forward, you know, get his head on set pieces occasionally. I don't remember him actually scoring any, but um, you know, he was always in and around, and he was. He's capable of being box to box. He's capable of doing that role, that role alongside Jednak. But when the game allows it, when the game opens up, he's capable of getting forward and backing, you know, regularly. And he does offer a lot if he does that. But I think when he's when he when he's out and out of sorts and he's not at his best, he really can be a liability. And I think unfortunately people do remember the days where he's a liability and forget all the work he does. You know, just just. So you know, getting up and down the pitch and doing his defensive work and linking play, and people do forget that when when he has an off day. But um, we'll leave that there. Uh, we did really well talking about the recent tactics and performances. I think we probably covered that topic, which is a, again a, a main source of a lot of angst on the BBS. But I, I did notice that following on from that, there was a thread resurrected about people saying that they desperately didn't want Tony Pulis as manager, and there was a lot of people who revisit that thread when. You know, we were climbing the table and getting wins and doing well. And similarly, it's now been revisited by people saying, you're now seeing what we were worried about. You're now seeing, you know, long ball football. You're now seeing unskilled players. You're now seeing, um, you know, you're not you're not being entertained anymore. Johnny Williams has been farmed out, blah, 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 blah. So obviously people sometimes keep to, to get perceived negatives to sort of drag a situation down. Uh, any of you? Start with you, you Tom. Any of uh, is your opinion on Pulis changed in any way? Um, for the positive, if anything, um, if you're just got a casual view of Stoke, as I'm sure many Palace fans had, not seeing them, you know, week in or week out, um, it's it's all very easy to draw conclusions from the sort of this media sort of 
opinion around him. Um, but I've been prof- uh, impressed, sorry, with his professionalism since he came in. Um, I think he's he's done what's needed to. Um, as I said, uh, the way we're playing at the moment, if we stay up at the end of the season, I couldn't care if the last nine games are the most turgid football I've seen. Next season, we can change. You know, once we've stayed and we've we can build on the foundations of that. Okay, next year if we're still seeing similar levels of uh, quality on the pitch then I suppose people are going to vote with their wallet and then that's another discussion. But in terms of the situation we're in now, we've got to take what, what we've got, you know? Yeah. Um, Alex? The, big, the biggest thing for me is when people talk about this is that the football that we are seeing now, I would much rather go and watch than the crap that we watched at the start of this season under our previous manager. I think now, you know, we've got a little bit of bottle now at least we didn't have back then. I just, I, I just don't know what, what people expect. The, the persona of Tony Pulis is harsh, but ultimate about his style of football. But ultimately, for the job that he's got to do now is he's just got to get in and keep us up no matter how it happens. I think you can look to next season and everything that, that Pulis did in the summer when he went away to different clubs trying to change the way that he believes in football. He didn't have time to set that on us now. No. But if he can set that on us in the summer, because he, he talks about Williams and he talks about Gale and how he wants to use these players. And Bannon, he says the time, when the time's right, they'll get their chance. What about in the summer when, we, when, we, when maybe he tries to rebrand us? Because now he had to come in and he, Keith Millen changed it all really, didn't he, at the start? and went, look, mm. defend, get the point, go home, play again get the point, keep a clean sheet. It's simple. If Pulis wants to carry that on to the end of the season, it keeps us in the vision, he's absolutely laughing, then let's look to build in the summer. 100% agree. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a very, very fair point. I mean, it does it does rely on trusting the fact that P- Tony Pulis really does see a future for, for Williams and Bannon, and it, it relies on a lot of trust that he wants to play a certain way, a certain, you know, to, to try and develop a team and almost sort of coach and educate a team into playing, you know, more expansive football. Um, whereas Pete, some people will just say that, He's paying lip service, and all he wants to do is play the same way continuously, fill the team with big players, and grind out results by being physical, aggressive, and direct. Um, it remains to be seen. He's, he, you know, in part, he's the one who's got to change people's perceptions, and he did a lot of that early on. And I still maintain we play less, less long ball than we did under Holloway in the Premiership. So completely agree. Um, completely agree. You know, I, I'm, I'm very much on the side of what you're saying, but offering the other argument, you know, there's a lot still to prove. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're we're. I just think to sort of sum it up, really, we're we're at a time in the season where every little thing is just so pressurised. The players are going to feel it, and this is where you're going to look around that team. And, and I think you might see Tony Pulis drop some surprising players in the future because I don't think they're all coping quite as well, you know. And maybe in, I don't want to. I don't want to name names at the moment. You know, you can get yourself into trouble doing that, but the one or two are really quite struggling, and you know, people who you kind of expected maybe to come into the team and make an impact aren't making that impact, and you just got to get. You know, he talks about it all the time. Get the right characters in, and you've got to trust the manager to do that. He's, he's, we're still in a position which we, I would say, to a man, we would all have taken at the start of the season. We're well in it. We're, you know, it's all in our own hands still, and. Um, Tough run of games, but everyone's got a tough run of games down there as well. Also, at the end of the season, there's a lot of players whose contracts are up, or potentially up at the end of the year. Mm. So there's, there's potential, a big old clean-out, as you say. Yeah, definitely. S- Love a big old clean-out, Tom. <laughs> 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 Last thing for you guys, before we uh, end this mini-podcast, which has gone on than intended. 
not so many really, is it? Um, looking ahead to the to the game against Newcastle, if you could change one thing from the Sunderland game, one player or one aspect of the game, what would it be, Alex? Oh God, um, I just think intent. It sounds it sounds that silly, but. Just go just, after them. Yeah. Just get at them for a few minutes at least, and and make them not be so comfortable. The Sunderland played us off the park completely. It agreed they didn't score a goal, but ultimately they were two places behind us, and you never would have known that, never in a million years. And and if we really want to stay up, we, look, if we carry on playing like this, it looks like we're going to have to take points off someone we're not expected to, because other teams have done it. Norwich, Norwich nicked a point off Man City, didn't they? We're going to have to look. We're going to have to look at at one of these home games, Liverpool or City, one or Chelsea, where we might have to get a point or three because we're not making it very easy for ourselves. But it's in our own hands. That's the thing. Now, all we need to do is win our matches, and we don't need to worry about what anyone else has to do. Said before, mate, we'll beat Everton away. I've I've said it now twice. It's going to happen. Uh, Tom, your view. Um, more sort of tactically, I suppose, is just um, make sure that our midfield, you know, our wingers and our, our KG and Jedi or whoever's playing there, just work on the passing and make sure that those passes, you know, we're not doing worldies, but we're doing simple ones and they are getting there 90% of the time. That's been sort of where it's breaking down. As, as much as I love Jedi, he has played a few duff passes recently. Yeah. Um, and if we can just get that connecting, then who knows? Maybe we'll be, we'll be a bit more attacking or we will get a bit more in product from the uh, attempts. You know, it's getting that possession set up and then if we got the ball then we can't concede a goal yeah for me it's the the chamak role that i want i want i want to see that implemented better and i don't think ints or punch and suit it um and certainly not balassi not i don't think there's any sense in bringing him central and that uh, you know he simply doesn't hit the target so for I, I know me, you for, sorry I know, I know you wanted to wrap it up chris but just just quick on, on on the show on sunday what was um the sort of the uh the panel's view on uh tom ints at the moment i mean how do we think we'd, he's doing after a few games now obviously had a great first game but he was the player I was hinting at in terms of not making an impact. Obviously, I wasn't on the show, so um, I don't know how much he was discussed, Alex. He was discussed a little bit, and it got mixed receptions. But I think I think you've got to look at it, the fact that, like I said earlier, he is so reliant on being on the ball constantly. It's like, look at Johnny Williams. When he's not in a game, you wouldn't even notice he's on the pitch. You've got to, you've got to play, you've got to centre your team around somebody. And I really do believe that, that, that Tom Ince is somebody that you have to do that to. He has to be involved for 90 minutes. He's not, he's not a wilf where you know, he, can, he can stand there for get the ball for five minutes and make a difference in the game. I do genuinely believe you have to get him involved as much as possible. And the way we play football and the negative style doesn't allow that. Yeah, he. I, I agree. He looks lost. He looks lost in a team that doesn't have possession of a football. Um, I remember when we spoke to Gilan Balagi, um, he was saying uh, that he, he was watching the game and he thought Ince was great going forwards. Um, but I think the game against West Brom it was. He said Ince was great going forwards, but off the ball was was you know left wanting really. Uh, and I think that it does show up his weaknesses when in our side, unfortunately. I think if we're, if we're up for the game and we're attacking, I think he's a huge asset. But for me, um, for me, I say the reason we got onto this, really, was the change that I would make in behind Glenn Murray is I would do what you were talking about earlier on, Alex, and, and I'd have Dwight Gale up along with Murray. And leave Joe um, Ledley at left wing? Yeah, if, if need be. I don't think we've done anything too bad there, really. I, I, but, I mean, I've got no real strong feeling either way on who plays the sort of wide positions but the role in behind I think if you don't give it to, to Gale I think it's got to be Barry Bannon uh, if, if he's fit and healthy after his uh, his illness but anyway um, 
plenty to talk about there. Hopefully you enjoyed that. It, it, it's a bit more serious than our usual stuff, but um, I think it went quite well, didn't it? Anyway, <clears throat> you're not supposed to say that, really, technically speaking. Mm. Anyway, we're back on uh, Sunday at 8 p.m. live as usual, where I will be hosting and some other people will be on. I haven't really paid enough attention to know who they are. Me, Ben, and uh, Tony. Oh, see, Alex Boom. knows everything. Boom, indeed. Uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Speak to you Sunday. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.